0: So my goal with this show each week is to leave you with a few nuggets of knowledge and or inspiration that you can take away. Something that makes you nod along and think. I spend a lot of time talking to trainers and researchers and elite athletes, but it's important to me that I don't spend all of my time focusing on the front of the pack. There is plenty to be learned from elite athletes for sure, but they're not the only ones with wisdom to share, which brings me to this week's guest, Adina O'Neill. Adina is a self described back of the pack athlete. She didn't finish her first triathlon until age 40, which was an accomplishment that was transformative for her. And she has made it her mission to share how a quote unquote regular person can learn and grow through the sport, regardless of age or changes that occur during the menopausal years. Adina is also an aspiring marathon swimmer who has gone from not being able to run a mile to completing over 50 triathlons and endurance events, including Ironman, a marathon, multiple 10K swims, and a double century on her bike. Though she's usually at the back of the pack, she has reached the podium in her age group three times, which she says is proof that simply showing up is the way to success. We talk about all of that and more. It was a really thoughtful conversation, and I hope you like it as much as I did. To help others like herself, Adina works as an Ironman certified coach and is the founder of Real Fitness and Team Be Real, which is a multi-sport team for athletes of all ages, sizes, and abilities. And you can learn more about all of that at adinaoneal.com. Before we get to it. My little weekly reminder to come join us on our social media channels. We are at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have the private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook channel where you can come in and pretty much ask anything that's on your mind. And if you want to deep dive into all things active menopausal living, we have the Feisty Menopause membership where we offer in-depth materials, expert webinars, and sponsor discounts. You can learn all about that at FeistyMenopause.com. Speaking of FeistyMenopause.com. I invite you, again, to join us all for the virtual summit this weekend, September 24th through the 26th. We have gathered an astonishing array of speakers, including the amazing Rebecca Rush, Amanda Thebe of Metapocalypse, the inspiring Casey Duke, Doctors Vonda Wright and Lauren Stryker, Stacey Sims, on and on and on. A ticket will get you into all the sessions, including the expo and some online meet and greets. And... This is important, it's all going to be recorded, so if you don't want to sit in front of your computer all weekend, nobody blames you, you have access to all the replays until the end of the year, December 31st. So head on over to feistymenopause.com and get your ticket now. Okay, enough of me, let's have a quick word from our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. I have a pronouncement to make. I am wiggling my toes. Why am I making this seemingly ridiculous pronouncement? because it's been a long time since I could. Specifically, my right big toe. See, I have a bone spur at the base of that right toe that is so big, my podiatrist said it looks like a party hat. And it has caused anything but a party in my foot. It has caused a lot of inflammation and stiffness, and there are times when it's been barely functional. I work through it. I have taken some anti-inflammatory supplements over the years that have made it mostly livable. Now, thanks to our new show sponsor, Provenex, it's way more than livable. It's functional. It doesn't wake me up throbbing at night and I can actually wiggle the toe and lift it off the ground. My left hand that used to ache from where I broke it in a mountain bike crash 10 years ago, that doesn't ache anymore either. If I hadn't experienced this myself, I frankly wouldn't have believed it. And I was super skeptical when prevenex approached me with their joint health product. But I stopped my other supplements, started this one, and within two weeks, the difference was remarkable. I honestly did not expect that. So I did a little research and the main ingredients, check out. First one is eggshell membrane, which contains collagen, glucosamine, conjoitin and hyaluronic acid, all of which have shown significant benefits in early research. And the other ingredient, Boswellia serrata extract, was found to even be more effective than glucosamine in some studies, according to examine.com. Prevenix has an array of other supplements, including Omega Pure Plus, which is an omega-3 fatty acid supplement, which is sourced from wild omega-rich fish and is totally free of heavy metals and mercury that can build up in your body. That's a big deal. They also have a vegan protein powder, which I know a lot of our listeners are keen to find, and that product, Nourify Plus, is low in sugar, high in branched chain amino acids, and contains probiotics and digestive enzymes that are super easy on the belly, which I really appreciate. So thanks to their sponsorship of this show, listeners can get 15% off their first time purchase by using the code HITPLAY at checkout. Again, you can go to PrevineX.com. that's P-R-E- V-I-N-E-X and use the code HIT PLAY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. And if you don't like it, the company offers a 100% money-back guarantee on all of their products within 30 days, no question asked. That's how much they stand by their products. And I can tell you, with good reason, they work. Check it out. Go to Previnex.com. use the code PLAY at checkout, for 15% off your first purchase. Welcome, Adina. I'm super psyched to talk to you. Um, we have a lot to talk about how you got into the sport, your team, this five-mile swim that I just saw on Instagram, you know, like I, lots to go over, But but I want to start at the beginning because I actually don't have my head around the beginning yet. Like, Let's talk about how you got into triathlon. I understand from our conversations that you were 40, I think, but was that your first triathlon? How did that happen? Were you athletic before? Give us a picture.
1: Yeah. So, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to uh, to be here. And um, yeah, I've always been an active kid. Um, I was on a you know local swim team since age five, um, and just always running around in the woods with my brothers and uh, my sister. Eventually, and you know just. Always very active. My mom couldn't get me inside when I was a kid. Um, When I went to college, I started dabbling in rugby because I like the jerseys. And, and, uh, you know, that that was kind of my my love for a while. And, uh, you know, at this time, my 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 one brother, Mike, started doing triathlons. He was twenty six. And, and I said, I watched him and I followed him and cheered him on. I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I was really into rugby at the time. So just kind of kept along with whatever I was doing. And, uh, you know, eventually I got married, had a couple of kids and, um, then they started looking They're like, wow, that that's really cool. What uncle Mike is doing. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And we just like cheered him along and I kind of, you know, put my athletic stuff behind cause I was raising two children. And uh, my sister-in-law at the time, this was 2009. She's like, uh, she was training for a triathlon and she's like, well, I'm so scared of the swim. She's like, I'm going to go in the ocean. I I can't do it. I've been training in the pool, but it really scares me, which is.
0: Yeah. It's different.
1: Like that's a thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. the the swim is the probably the scariest thing for most triathletes. And meanwhile, I was like, well, that sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah. I've been a swimmer my whole life. And, never swam competitively in the ocean, um, but I was like, oh, how bad could it be, you know? And so, uh, you know, I hadn't trained, hadn't been in a pool in like 15 years. And I was like, all right, well, let's go for it. It's, you know, it's like 400, that's fine. So I popped in the pool a couple of times, rented a wetsuit, I had never worn a wetsuit before in my life. And I went out and I did this swim with her and I was like, this was fun. I was like, this, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, And you have two kids at home. I mean, my, my kids were really little at the time, like six years old. And uh, I was just like, this is great. This, this kind of like made you feel alive again. And so, um, so I then started to encourage my kids to get into it. I was like, oh, you guys know how to swim and bike and run. You know, you could do it because I didn't have a bike. I didn't like to run. And I was just like, well, I could go be a swimmer, but that's not a triathlete. And so eventually I got my kids to do um, triathlons. My son was eight years old. He did his first like mini try. That's and, awesome. And then my sis- my daughter did one the year after. And they were like, yeah, this is so cool. They're like, you have to do one, you have to do one. I was like, I do not run. I was like, no way. So we just kind of kept cheering them on, cheering my brother on. And eventually a, a good friend of mine named Red says, hey, let's go do this 5K run. I do not run. And uh, she, after a bunch of coercing, she got me to go. The social aspect sounded fun and, you know, we did it. And I was like, all right, that wasn't so bad after all. You know, you can walk, you have fun. It's, It's like a party. And so then my kids got on to me and they said, well, now that you're running, you really have no excuse. You've got to go do a triathlon. (laughs) And uh, I really couldn't argue with that logic. So I bought a bike and um, I started training and my first full uh, complete triathlon, not full, but full complete sprint triathlon was in 2013. So the day before I turned 41. Nice. Yeah. And how was it? It was, it was good. I finished, you know, and, thing, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, it, you know, I showed up like I have no business being here. I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone had their fancy bikes and their fancy gear and their fancy this and that. And I was just like, and this is a local triathlon. Um, but I was just like, uh, whatever. I was like, my brother told me to do this, this and this. So that's what I'm going to do. And, um, my, husband was across on a a business trip so he couldn't even be there and so my dad was waiting for me at the finish line which was really cool so my mom was watching the kids back at home and uh you know when I finally crossed the finish line I was just like I did it you know it was it was that idea that I never in the imagined that that's something that I would do I never wanted to do it um and then here I was like I was a triathlete I was like all right, this
0: is pretty cool. And then I was like, all right, when, when can I sign up for another one of these? That's awesome. And, and, and but now to go from that to, uh, you know, I don't run, I'm not a triathlete. I don't do this. Like, oh, that was pretty cool to Ironman is a, is a large step. <laughs> you know, so where does, when does that happen and, and how did that happen?
1: So my brother
0: Your brother again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he and I have been like best friends since we were little kids and he knew he spotted the signs and he was just like, "Uh uh-huh. And his famous thing, he's like, that's how it all starts. (laughs) He's like, you've got the bug. It started. You're on your way. And so he's like, you know, he was just like, so when's the next one you're going to do? You want to try an Olympic? You want to try that? You know, and he just like very gently, very calmly started putting ideas in my head. And I was like, whoa, slow down, buddy. And uh, it, it, you know, it, it, I was very methodical. I said, okay, well, I've done one. I'm like, next summer, let's see what happens if I can do more than one triathlon in a summer. So that was 2014. I did two triathlons in the summer. And then I said, all right, well, let me see if I can do an Olympic distance. So I moved up and I did that and that was 2015. And I did a half marathon that year. So I was like, okay, like I'm starting to see how this all works together and very methodically, little by little, a little longer, a little longer and a little longer. And um, 2016 was kind of the year that it all kind of came together. I was like, all right, I'm going for a full marathon. I'm going to do a half iron try. And it was, that's when I kind of felt like I was a triathlete. I mean, three years later, I finally felt like I was, you know, like I kind of belonged. I knew a little bit more what I was doing. And um, I, I said, all right, I'm going to go for it. And so I did a, completed a marathon, which never was, I was like, who wants to do all that running and completed the half iron, which, I found to be easier than the marathon, so I was like, "Okay." <laughs> it, I agree with that. It's, it's easier on your body. I agree
0: with that. Even though it
1: took me longer, uh, you know, the swim and the bike is is not nearly as demanding. So um, I said, "Oh, okay, I kind of like this. Like this was good. I like, you know, and it and it just it just felt so amazing to be like, look what I just did. Like I didn't even think I could run a five k, and now I ran a whole marathon." And I spent, you know, seven and a half hours exercising, you know, with, with a half iron triathlon, and I just, I, I just kept amazing myself, and I was like, this is a great feeling, and I just kind of wanted to see, well, what else can I do? What else can I do? So uh, the fall, I, I said, all right, 2017. I said, if I can do a half iron at the beginning of the season and a half iron at the end of the season. Then to me, that was the proof that I could maintain the training to mm. get to a full. So again, you was,
0: are methodical. My God. Very <laughs> yeah. methodical. Right.
1: Yeah. And there was a lot of pushing. Yeah, my friends mm-hmm. were like, come on, do the next one, do the next one. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> and my brother's just always like, yep, that's what happens. I was like, that's what happens next. So um, yeah, so uh, 2017, I, I did... Uh, a half iron, beginning of the season, end of the season, and I was like, "All right," I was like, "I guess I got to show up," and uh, I took the plunge and I signed up for uh, Ironman Mont in 2018, and uh, and that that was that was the icing on the cake, I guess. I mean, I. I Still, and like I know people can't see my smile, but I know you can. <laughs> this girl's like,
0: they can feel it. Trust that me. That was
1: that was just like the most amazing thing on earth. I, I I still am in shock three years later that I completed that full triathlon. It just it blows my mind sometimes. I think I was like, yeah, I actually did the whole
0: thing and lived to tell about it. <laughs> And, and you became a coach somewhere in here too, right?
1: I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. had, uh, I was a health and fitness coach for a while and, um, you know, people just kept saying to me, you're so inspiring. You're so inspiring. And in the beginning, that was a really weird thing to hear. I was just like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? I'm just like a person. I'm just trying to do something and see how far I can go. And, um, you know, they, you know, and then they said, well, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And, how do I get started? And what if I want to do this? And um, people started asking me for advice, and I was just, I was just like, but, "But what?" I'm just a regular old person. I just really consider myself a regular, standard person. <laughs> and um, I have eventually, you know, started coaching a couple people like on the side. And um, one day on a on a nice long swim, I concocted this idea to start my own triathlon team because I said, you know regular people sometimes don't feel like they belong in a team. You know, like teams often have that big competitive vibe and you have to be going for the podium and, you know, I don't deserve a coach because you know, I can barely finish or I just hope to finish. And there's a lot of a lot of negative thoughts that go through your mind. Um, and I just wanted everybody to know that, you know what, like you, you if you're out there and you're trying hard, you know, you deserve to be part of a team and have the camaraderie and, you know, um, also like, I mean, triathlon is super expensive sport, super expensive habit and private coaching is really expensive. I said, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have like access to a coach that you can ask questions of every now and then if you don't feel like you need a coach full-time, um, because I did a lot of coaching, my own coaching, coached myself. There's tons of information out there if you have the time uh, and patience to go weed through it and figure out what you need. Um, but I, I just thought that it would be a great idea to bring people together who are just out there doing the best they can and just let people know that,
0: you know, anybody can do it. And that's team be real, right?
1: That is that is team be real. Yeah. So I, I concocted that idea on a long swim one day and, uh, you know, I, I pulled it together that it's, uh, you know, the real, because I'm just a real person. Um, but it's also, uh, it stands for a realistic, realistic, empowered, attainable lifestyle. Oh, nice. Yeah. Even an
0: acronym. Oh, yeah, like that.
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. So.
0: So what, because the show is hit play, not pause, were, were you, did it, the hormonal changes start happening anywhere in this journey? Cause now we've taken quite the journey from 41 to, I don't know, later in your forties. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yeah. W- so I, I, it was never something that was on my radar. Um, right. like one thing that, you know, we've all heard throughout the show is that people don't talk about it, you know,
0: it wasn't that uh, mine either. <laughs>
1: right. Um, and, you know, so post Ironman, I all of a sudden I was like kind of in this funk. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's normal. You have this big mm-hmm. one down. You just had all this training. It was all intense. You had this huge goal. It's normal to kind of be in a funk. I said, oh, OK. Well, when like, you know, six months went by, and <laughs> went by, I'm like, I'm still You're like, how funk. long does this
0: funk last? <laughs> exactly. I
1: was like, seriously, is if I, is this like still just that kind of a funk and here you know, I'm trying to like, well, let me get a new goal and let me train for something else. Or let me try something different. Uh, it didn't help that I, you know, then I had a, had uh, an injury to deal with. I changed jobs. I've got two teenagers. So you know, I'm starting to be super emotional um, and, you know, gaining a little bit of weight, nothing crazy, and but just, you know, not sleeping great, not horrible, but, you know, just lots of little things that you just chalk up to normal life. And I just, you know, I, I just remember saying, well, this is like an awful period that I'm going through. and I'll, I'll get through it, you know, but look at all these things that are happening in my life that are contributed to it. So all right, let's just, you know, that's just a weird time of life and all these things are piling up and eventually I'll go, you know, the other side of the roller coaster. Um so uh, you know, I I did, I seeked out, sought out some counseling. Um and I did talk to my gynecologist and I was like, I am just like an emotional wreck. For me, that was like a big thing that eventually I said, is this an indication? Because I was never so emotional, very, always very happy and cheery, but just like I had times I was like, I was crying for no reason. I was like, what?
0: You hear that a lot. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I, you know, I asked my gynecologist and uh, they said, oh, well, let's, uh, let's take, uh, you know, take a blood test and see what your hormone levels are like. And those results came back, you know, quote unquote, normal. Um, Mm. And, you know, I said, okay. And, they suggested, oh, well, you can consider some antidepressants or, you know, you can just wait it out kind of thing. That was the, that was the big advice. So I said, well, I wasn't feeling like I wanted to take medication. I don't even like to take ibuprofen if I have a headache. So I said, all right, well, let me just see what's going on. I'm not ready for that yet. And you know eventually i came upon the hit play not pause group and the podcast and as i was listening these like little light bulbs started to go off and say wait a minute like <laughs> all of these little symptoms like separately may mean nothing and even though i have all these other things going on in my life you know maybe this is what's happening um and it just seemed to make sense and you know and I think everybody feels better when you can kind of identify something. You know, when, you, when you're when you not well and you kind of figure out what it is, there's a little bit of relief. Um, and, you know, of, of course, like many people, I thought hot flashes were menopause. I was like, that's what I thought it was. Um, I didn't, I wasn't hung up on an age that it would happen, but I was just like, well, I'm not having hot flashes, so it must, you know, that can't be it. <laughs>
0: Right. Right. That's interesting. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, you know, just the general knowledge and information that I've gotten um, from the podcasts um, and the group just kind of validating Mm. all the different symptoms and the ways it can, you know, pop up. And, you know, and, and also the fact that when I went to the gynecologist and they said, Oh, your hormones are normal. You know, that that was one point in time. Uh, that was a, that was probably the biggest takeaway um, that really turned it for me. And I said, okay, that was one point in time, but it doesn't mean that like the, if I went back the next day, they would
0: have been off the charts one way or the other. Right. Right. So then do you take any, you know, it's interesting because for, for some women, just that knowledge sort of gets them through the transition, right? Because they know what's going on and it's not as, distressing because they understand. Mm -hmm. And then others take like other steps, like, okay, now I do know what's going on and now I'm going to like pursue XYZ and maybe try to mitigate some of these symptoms, whatever. Did you, what course are you on there? Like, did you then pursue some stuff to maybe assuage some of these symptoms or did you just go, okay, that's cool. I know what's going on and I'll just like, you know, keep on keeping on.
1: The, the, The knowledge factor for me was huge. Um, just, just kind of knowing and being reassured. Um, and what I have taken to, you know, and this was all maybe in the last like six or so months that this has been going.
0: Yeah. The show's not that old.
1: (laughs) So, you know, so, um, so what I decided to, is I, I grabbed a good old fashioned journal, Uh, You know, another, another thing that, you know, I definitely heard and was reminded of listening to the show and just said, let me just start tracking some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so like I've been on an IUD for years, so I don't actually get a period. So I don't have that visual of what's happening, but you can still notice different changes in your body. And I've been noticing them more over the last you know, year or so. So I said, well, let me just old fashioned journal, like get in touch with your body and start like looking what the patterns are and seeing what's happening. Um, and so that was, I mean, even that you, you taking action to do something kind of makes you feel better. It's like, all right, I'm, I am back in control. Like I know what's going on and I'm just going to very methodically like check it out and see what uh, see what I can take care of. Um, and I, I have a friend who is an acupuncturist and an herbalist, and he actually subscribed some um, prescribed some, uh, herbs for me to try. Um, so, uh, and I do find that that helps when I have like some really mood swings, I'll have some of these herbs and, um, and that helps, but I don't like to do it all the time. So,
0: are they things that we might be familiar with? I'm just curious, like what he.
1: Um, I or do you
0: honestly, even know what they?
1: I, are? <laughs> I honestly don't remember what it's called. I'd have to look at the bottle. <laughs>
0: okay. I,
1: um, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, so but he's a he's a Chinese herbalist, so mm-hmm. um, I I have they're not things that uh I remember off the top of my head. We'll put it that way. That
0: is fine. <laughs> that is fine.
1: Um, but you know, it's just something that. It, it's kind of, and again, it's something that's like, it's kind of in your pocket to help you out if you need it. But um, I, I, I don't like to rely on it. And um, I, I, I personally sometimes feel like if you take too much medicine, then you can't tell what is still happening with your body. Uh, I mean, mean, there's a time like if you're laid out on the couch because you have a horrible headache or something like that, yes, take some ibuprofen um, or whatever you need. I'm I'm also very lucky that I've been a pretty healthy person my whole life. Um, But I I sometimes don't like to mask the symptoms with too many medications um, because then I don't know if the other things I'm trying is working or not.
0: Did you get acupuncture too? I'm just curious. Um, no, I'm afraid of needles. <laughs> oh, I, I do, I do like acupuncture. I, I've never gotten it for anything specific, but I find it intensely relaxing. I, I really, I. So I was just curious. It,
1: it was on my mind. I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, let me try the herbs first, and uh, maybe we'll go to acupuncture next." But uh, I'm, I'm working
0: on my fear of needles. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, about the athletics because, you know, you define yourself, you're self-described as a back of the pack athlete, right? And um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that actually means. Like, what does it mean to be a back of the pack athlete? And, and, and also maybe that's where we can segue a little bit into the swimming race, because it's so interesting that back of the pack athlete doesn't always mean that there aren't Um, maybe even podiums to stand on, but like, but, but things that, you know, there's something special that can be had there. So uh, talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, the back of the pack, in my opinion, is where all the fun happens. Um, (laughs) And it's the mullet
0: protocol, as they say. Was like, this in the front, party in the back. Yeah, that's right. I was
1: like, maybe it's because I have no choice. Uh, you know, I always like to say we're getting the most out of our race entry because we're on the course longer than anybody else. Um, but uh, it's 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 a it's an interesting spot. You know, I as a as a pretty strong swimmer. I sometimes find myself as people are passing me on the bike in the middle of the pack. Uh, and so there's there's just a different feel when you're surrounded by so many more people. So in the middle, you know, the middle of the pack is where most of the athletes are, right? And there's so many people around, and there's a lot of people in the crowd. So there's a lot of cheering, there's a lot of energy, and it, it, it kind of helps carry you along when you get those moments that you're like, this is awful, this is hard, or whatever else comes along. Well, when you're in the back of the pack, there's fewer people around. Um, and, you know, I, I don't consider myself super skilled on the bike or the run, but I can go forever. I'm not very fast. Um, and you really have to dig into your mental strength. When you're in that position, of course, every athlete who's doing an endurance event has to dig into their mental strength or sprint event. I mean, mental strength is a big part of being an athlete, but all things considered, if you are an elite athlete and it takes you, you know, half the time to complete a race that it takes me, uh, that means I need twice as much mental strength or need to call in on my mental strength
0: for twice as twice as long. 100% 100% as,
1: as the other athletes. So, you know, our mental strength might be as intense. I just need to maintain it for a longer period of time. And so that's, that's probably the, the biggest challenge, you know, of being the back of the pack. Well, that and sometimes poorly organized races will run out of uh, support. Um, luckily I haven't been to many poorly organized races, but I've heard stories um, and you know, it's just, it's, it's more time on your feet. It's more pressure on your body. Um, and it's, it's, it's when you get to the end, you know, the people who are waiting around for all their friends have already gone and they're hanging out at the food tent and there's fewer people cheering you on, uh, and there's just less energy around you, but Those of us who are still around, I I have the best times. It's actually my favorite part of the race because I always end up meeting somebody who is similar or close to pace with me, and we'll leapfrog back and forth, and we'll cheer each other on, and you invariably I make some kind of connection with someone. Some people who I've continued friendships with, some people who I've never seen a gang, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think to look at their bib number or ask them their name because you're like delirious. And it's it's just a time that you like have this crazy connection with someone it's like, no matter what, all of a sudden you're my biggest support and we are going to get through this together. And, you know, you, you cross finish lines with people or you cross and wait for them or they cross and wait for you. And all you can think about is, is getting, getting to that finish line. And it's a, it's a lot more about, you know, being able to complete than compete
0: you're making me want to go back to triathlon. <laughs> I haven't done a travel in a long time. I'm like, oh. I'll a <laughs> I'm kind of getting a little misty over here. Um but but this is there's there's a couple of things that I, I want to dig into a little that I think is important here because you know, uh, at, when when women reach this point, you find some of them sort of checking out a little bit, you know, pulling pulling back out of the sport and also at the other side you know i know we have members in our audience listening who have not ever lined up for something they're 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 very into their activities and what they do but they haven't you know lined up to a quote unquote competition of any kind and you know i know that you know you make it your mission to to share how that how a regular quote unquote regular person can grow through this sport regardless of age regardless of menopausal status what what do you think are the benefits And you've, you've, you've outlined them beautifully just in your speaking, but, but, but specifically like of someone who is listening, who has maybe never lined up for someone because something, because they think I I can't do that. It's beyond me. I'm too, I'm too old. I should have gotten that into it earlier. What do you say to that person? And then what do you say to the person who's maybe thinking, oh, you know, maybe this isn't for me anymore. I don't know if I can, I'm not as fast as I used to be or whatever. Like, I think both of those, those people could benefit from, from a little coaching.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to the person who's never done it before. um, I mean, that's, I, I, I feel you. Um, I, I remember just, you know, hearing the idea like triathlon, what, like, there's no way I could do that. And, you know, and I showed up not, feeling like I fit in and, and it can seem intimidating for sure. Um, but the thing to remember is, um, you know, a sprint triathlon and you can even do a super sprint. Uh, which is shorter, but you know, sprint does not mean you have to go fast. That's the first thing I always remind people. Um, it refers to the distance, um, and you know, the elite people are sprinting the whole time. But I certainly am not. Um, you know, and it's it's a it's a quarter mile swim, ten to fifteen mile bike, and a five k. Um, a lot of local sprint triathlons don't have time limits so you don't have to worry about that um you can you know find them in lakes if you don't like oceans they even have them in uh indoors you know not right now. There have not been so many during the pandemic, obviously, with pool access. But, um, you know, sometimes outdoor pools, you know, that, that there's so many options that, you know, the triathlon world is trying to welcome people into it to, to show them that it really is not so intimidating and it's not so unachievable. Um, and one thing that I have gotten into a habit of is I usually don't say I'm going to a race. I'm going to mm. an event. Um, I say that because, too. It makes yeah. people feel better. Yeah. Like uh, uh, makes
0: like, me feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like
0: I'm like, going to this event.
1: Yeah. Like, no. and I'm not in the end, I am racing against everybody mm-hmm. else or embracing against myself, but you know, my ultimate goal, every you're
0: racing the course is different. what you're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're, yeah. you're racing the course and you know, and you're racing your own self to see, you know, if your mind can get you over that finish line. Um, So, you know, and the other thing is you can start as a relay like I did, you know, if you're like, well, I really love to bike, right? I'm sure that, you know, find somebody else who likes to swim and likes to run and go make it a relay and just go out and have fun because it's um, the, the, there, there is an atmosphere that's just a lot of fun. And, um, you know, there's people up into their 70s doing triathlons and they're having a good time out there. And uh, to, so to your second point for our second question about the people who are kind of losing their mojo, um, you know, my my personal goal is to just hang on as long as I can, so that way, hopefully, enough other people drop out, and maybe I will be on a podium when I'm in my <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's my strategy. You know, outlive the competition.
0: <laughs> um, You're not alone. But, but it's a it's a good strategy. Yeah. But because, speaking of podiums, you you stood on one though, uh, like.
1: I let's. I, let's I have Let's talk I,
0: about that. Yeah. You, you, you did, you did a first for yourself, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I actually have had three top three finishes in my triathlon and endurance career. Oh, that's cool. Um, the, yep. And um, the, the, the first one I almost missed Uh, Because I was cheering somebody else in who had never done a triathlon before. And luckily, the podium was close enough to the finish line. And I heard my name and I freaked out. So I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I I was not expecting it. I, I had like the worst run ever that day. But it was a rainy overcast day. And some people decided not to show up. So, you know, if you have to show up in order to in order to get a medal. Um, so that was that was a sprint triathlon. Uh, that was the very first time I got on the podium. Uh, and then I did a, a half iron the year I was training for the Ironman and it was a small race. And uh, my brother met me for this one and he's looking around, he's like, not a lot of women around here. Like, you could end up on the podium for your age group. And sure enough, I came in second. Uh, but there was no podium. I like at the end of the race, I went up, I said, Oh, where are you not giving out awards? You know, do you know like what the placements are? And they said, Yeah, it's a small race. Most people don't hang around for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, and I was like, Well, can you tell me where I place? It's like, oh, you came in second. So my brother made me a little podium and we had a little oh, lot that's cool. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah. And then so this this past weekend, I um, I signed up to do a three mile swim um, and I found out that you could also do the one and a half and a half miles, a whole swim festival. So they had three different events and they were like back to back to back. So you could actually sign up for all three. And then it became a five mile event. Um, and after I swam my three miles, I said, Oh, I was like, well, this is fun. I was like, can I sign up and do the other two events? Cause I'm already here. I might as well. And they, of course I was able to do that. And at the end of the day, um, I was just tired and hungry <laughs> and I headed up to the food tent and it was far enough away that I couldn't really hear the results, but having heard the results of the finishers for, the first two races, I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm nowhere near any of those times. I was just showing up to swim. And so when I finally looked at my results, I found out I came in third in my age group because only three people did the five-mile swim. And I was last, but I still got, you know, I, I still earned third place. So, yes, you know, so that's the other thing. People always say that, oh, I hate to be last. I was like, hey, you know what? like if you're last, you're, you're beating everybody who didn't even start.
0: Yeah. You're, you're showing up is you've already accomplished a whole lot by lining up. This yeah. is, this is, I mean, that's not, those aren't just words. That is a hundred percent true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I showed up by showing up. I, I came in third place. So that's that's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very cool. Where was the swim? This was in Lake Quasipog in uh, Connecticut. Was it cold? Uh, No. Well, it depends on your reference, your point of reference. <laughs> I, I did not think it was cold. It was about 74 degrees. That's uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, m- most people were like, oh, it's a little chilly. But, you know, we swim here in the ocean. It's under 70 most of the time. So <laughs> it's, uh, I was like, oh, so I, was, I was actually nervous about being warm because 74 sounded warm to me. <laughs>
0: It's all relative. It It is is definitely all relative.
1: relative. It is relative.
0: Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out of whack lipids, and was borderline anemic. Yeah. All while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great. Turns out all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll. How did I find out? Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a service that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized, science based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. And their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners 25% off their entire store So go to inside tracker.com slash feisty menopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's inside tracker.com slash feisty menopause. I can tell you it works. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of your takeaways from the show. You, you had, you had contacted me, um, you know, saying that you had gotten quite a bit from some of the episodes and, and were eager, eager to share that. And I'd, I'd love to hear it myself. You know, you highlighted Joy Goals with Kristen Diefenbach, Dr. Kristen Diefenbach, is, as one that was uh, impactful for you. And I'm just curious, like, what what had, what st- stood out in that show for you?
1: Well, that's actually a perfect show after we just started talking about the swimming, because um, after going through my Ironman funk and having an injury and just kind of battling life. Um, I, you know, my, everything was slower. Everything was. What slower. was your
0: injury? Um, you mentioned I, it before.
1: Yeah, I, I had a, I had a back injury. I just like it kind of like an overuse um, ended up with a, um, oh, I'm forgetting um, a muscle not a spasm. I'm forgetting my words. I had, uh, it's common. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to forget about it. <laughs> a pinch nerve. That's what it was. Oh, okay. A pinch, a pinch nerve in my back. I was, I, was, I was doing good at forgetting about it. Um, but just, you know, and then, and then that led to, you know, I ended up with a shoulder injury because I was overcompensating and that all Kind of went down that road um luckily nothing major um and but you know the road back from an injury is always long and um you you really do have to kind of rethink about what you're doing and you know i'm everything is all my paces are slower and that's kind of tough when you're like oh i'm iron man finisher i'm on top of the world and then everything is slow it's like wow it's taken me a lot longer to finish any of my workouts, um, but over time, you know, I just I, when I listened to the, the Joy Goals episode, it really just struck a chord and said, you know, she was talking about, you know, if you're back, coming back from injury, and you know, specifically related to menopause, if you're gaining a little bit weight. Um, for me, I mean, the emotional overwhelm just causes you to focus in different ways. Um, and you know, she just, just reminded you to look for the joy in what you're doing. That's why she called it the joy goals. Um, but you know, make your goals something that is going to bring you joy and you have just the idea of redefining the goals. You know, maybe they're not the same kind of goals you used to set for yourself, but think about what you like to do and still give yourself a challenge because for me personally, if a goal is not challenging, I'm going to check out. Um, and I just knew that pace goals were not going to work for me. Uh, I had already made it, in my opinion, to the ultimate you know, goal of completing an Ironman. So I was like, well, now what do I do? Um, and as luck would have it during the pandemic, you know, everything was closed. There were no races, so I didn't have to run. And I found the open water swimming community. And so I started to make a lot of swim goals and I said, Oh, let me see how far I can swim, see how long I can swim. Wow. Can I swim in October, in November, in December, we swam all through the year, you know? And so I, for me, that joy goal episode, was my lifeline throughout the pandemic, because it, it reminded me, like, look at all the things you can still do. You can still enjoy your sport and do it in different ways, you know, and, you know, go for a long bike ride and see what you can explore, you know, and, you know, and just working back up to the mileage and running that I used to do. I'm like, oh, I did a nine mile run without pain. Like, it, it was all different ways to, to, uh, to redefine it. And, and and as I like to say, like to celebrate everything, like every piece of whatever you're doing, there's something to celebrate. So, um, yeah, so that's, that was, that was probably my absolute favorite episode. It it impacted me the most and really kept me going, um, throughout all the, the craziness of the pandemic and body changes and just life in general. So that was my number one favorite. I love that. Um, I love it. I I recommend that episode to everybody I work with, Um, like anybody I talk to and and anybody as I was like, oh, my gosh, you have to listen to this. Like, find your joy. Just go for it. Um, The other one that uh, was really useful, I liked uh, it was Stacey McKay did. This is your brain on menopause.
0: Oh, that was Sarah, um, Doctor Sarah McKay. Yep. Oh, Sarah there. McKay.
1: Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and that one for me was also like the. It was another one of this just just those aha moments. You know, like the the big thing that stuck out is like your brain actually changes, and you know, and and the thing that connected the most for me was, um, the idea of being forgetful. Because I, I, all of a sudden, I went, "Oh my gosh!" That's why I keep asking my kids to repeat things, and if I don't write it down in three places, or, you know, if you don't tell me at the right time, or forgetting names, forgetting places, forgetting, you know, ah, it's like the, the idea that okay your brain actually is different. Just, it kind of blew my mind, but once again, so reassuring. Um, and that's kind of the over, the overarching theme was that in every episode there's some little tidbit that jumps out at me and says, this is okay, you know, and you're going to make it through and everybody else did. And we're going to keep, you know, sharing and uh, talking about it and educating people. And I, I, I'm trying to get my daughter to listen to it. She's 16. but I was like, she's not going to (laughs) listen to menopause, but I certainly dribble out a lot of information that I've learned on the show, you know, because there's, there's no reason that at 16, you know, you can't understand like what your body's going through. And some of the things that I've learned on the show have nothing to do with menopause, but women's health in general. Um, And Yeah, just having a safe place to to have the conversations and uh, and allow yourself to be heard and to feel what you're feeling, um, and and just be. It's been a great resource.
0: I didn't. I didn't intend to turn this into a. um advertisement for the show, but thank you for that. No, sincerely, thank you uh, for that. I, I do appreciate it. And I, I learn something myself every episode. So, yeah. you know, I'm, it, I love when, I love this community and I love uh, how it has been so empowering in so many different ways to so many different people. It means a lot. And thank you for the work you're doing. You know, it, it's, it's really great. We, we've, I have had a number of requests, you know, to have guests on who are not necessarily professional or in the pointy end of the pack, you know, because at the end of the day, there's only like, I don't know, 20 people up there. You know, it's not, it's not right. that many people. And and there's so many other reasons to engage in sport and to continue to engage in sport that that you've illustrated really beautifully here. And I appreciate it.
1: Oh thanks. It's, you know, the it- the, the best thing we can do is to share our experiences in a real way because that's what people relate to. And you know, if if someone listening to this episode, you know, turns around and says, Wow, what Adina said really resonated with me, I'm gonna give it a shot, you know, then that's that's the best, that's the best reward, you know, and just helping each other out to get to a place where you didn't expect that you could be, but that you're so, so proud of. Um, There's, there's, there's nothing better than that.
0: Well, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with Dr. Kelly Kasperson of the podcast, You Are Not Broken. We talk sex, sex, and more sex. And it was frankly, an amazing conversation. You won't want to miss this one. So until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Menopause. And please help us spread the word, screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at feisty menopause, share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like review and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty.